When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Sean Payton era kicks off in 27 and a half hours. It's not the real deal, but it's preseason and the starters will be playing. And we're here to preview that game and also kind of get a stock report. Who's trending up? Who's trending down? Where do the Denver Broncos stand 13 days into training camp? right before their first preseason game. This is kind of the middle of training camp and right in between the beginning of training camp. And then when the season starts, we are one month away from it all going down. And we're here on the DNVR Broncos podcast, joined by the great Todd Davis and the great Henry oh, Chisholm. Wow. How about that? You I didn't like think that? you were going to say that. <laughs> wow, thank you. I know it's been a while. I know, it has. Yeah. We're happy to have you back, Henry. Wow, yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Let's see if uh, you can upset another inside linebacker today. <laughs> <sighs> I, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that today. Uh, likely you are going to. And Todd, the Broncos are traveling today. They're actually traveling tonight. And traveling as an NFL player is not like traveling as Henry or I. Mm. It's not going down to DIA, waiting in a two-hour line through security, hopping on a commercial flight, and then grabbing an Uber to your hotel room. It's quite different, I believe. Can you tell us what it's like, what the Broncos, not necessarily going through today, what the Broncos, what it's like traveling as an NFL player? Yeah, traveling is always fun. I feel like those are probably some of my favorite games of traveling. Uh, you know, you wake up the day before, usually early. Um, you know, luckily Arizona's not too far, so yeah. you don't have to wake up that early. We all go to the facility. We park our cars. We get on the buses. Head to, you know, of course, the private airstrip. <laughs> yeah. uh, we don't have to go through much TSA. They might uh, send a dog through us one time, but we get around the plane. And, and you, most, do, you go to DIA, right? Yeah, we go to yep, DIA. Yep. On, a, on a side street, though. You know, <laughs> yeah. we don't go through the regular, the regular, regular airport. Of course not. Um, so we do all that. 
And then, you know, we take off. Most of the guys sleep, you know, try to get some extra sleep. Um, you know, for a lot of guys, you finally get a break from kids and family. Like, you're like, yeah, I, yeah. Need to, I need to take a nap. Um, and then we land. The best part about traveling is that you get to go to your favorite restaurants in different cities. Mm. So, and, you know, if you're ever in, uh, in another city... Uh, before a game and you want to see some players you hit up Roos Chris or Shanahan <laughs> or like any of those nice steakhouses yep. you're definitely going to see some um, some players from another team in there hey, speaking of Arizona my favorite spot was Lolo's it's a chicken and waffle spot mm. and we would always go there the fourth preseason game and I mm -hmm. never played yeah so yep, yep. I would eat as much as I wanted <laughs> yeah. like and you know some guys would tag along that had to play yeah and then you go out there you see them Mr. Tackle like you shouldn't have that low <laughs> yeah. I tried to tell you don't eat those chicken and waffles but it's so dang good I think that's the best part of traveling is just eating before you know meals that night in another city yeah and the eating on the flight is unreal I've seen some menus where like there's pretty much a pre-pre-flight uh -huh. meal, then like a pre-flight meal. Yeah. Then, of course, like snacks come around, then there's a in-flight meal, and then there's like an ice cream or desserts and then all the snacks in the world. Yeah, it's, it's really unlimited. Like, when you get there, there's already Chick-fil-A in your yeah. seat uh, <laughs> ready and waiting for you. Then the plane takes off, um, and, of course, they're going to have steak or salmon um, and full meals and really good food. It's not normal travel, like airplane right, food. It's, right. it's phenomenal mm -hmm. food. And then after that, I think it's uh, snacks, which are like, uh, chips and uh, beef jerky sticks, things like that. And then after that, you get uh, the candy. So you get M&M's, Kit Kats, <laughs> all that good stuff is coming down the aisle. Uh, and then the finale, of course, is the ice cream. Yep. And then after ice cream, there's cookies. And the cookies are hot. Like, they just came out the <laughs> oh, oven. They're man. fresh. You, like, they have, like, chocolate chip, oatmeal raisin, like, it's it's top notch all the yeah, way around. Yeah, it's a yeah. good it's a good time. You didn't eat the oatmeal raisin, did you? Well, I didn't eat cookies <laughs> until after on the way back. Oh, okay. I, that was like my one thing. I was like, I gotta stay ready to play, and then on the way back, I'll take like three uh, or four. That's oh, okay. what I'm talking about, though. Is what I brought it up I think yesterday about just some teams, pretty much every team. This isn't just about the Broncos. Just serving guys any type of food mm -hmm. and like. I'm sure you, Vaughn, a lot of other guys were like, no, nah, I'm going to pass up on the fried food for right now. I'll go with the salmon or the yep. lean steak or something. Uh, but just giving like so much candy available before a game, it's like, that just blows my mind. Yeah, I feel like they should take it away because you, <laughs> yeah. you know the old linemen are not like, oh, oh no, yeah. I'm not having that. They're diving in <laughs> yeah. with two hands, grabbing, yep. putting it in their backpack so they can eat it <laughs> when they get to the hotel. Like, it's hard to say no, but I know my big boys are definitely not saying no to any sweets. Now, is it any different coming back? Uh, are there extra things? Like, I know there used to be uh -huh. some beer on the flight. In the good old but, days, uh, back, yeah, back that, in the day. That was before your time, right? I don't know. <laughs> I think those first years, you know, Fair I don't remember. Fair. Timing was right around close to the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but so uh, they feed you just as well. Any extra special things if, like, you win as opposed to losing? Because I think I heard last year, I don't remember the exact detail, but with Nathaniel Hackett, it was something like if the team lost coming home, they wouldn't get the ice cream. Oh. And I don't remember if it was ice cream or like some dessert, but it was something like that. And I just got to tell you, players were like, this is freaking ridiculous. That's, yeah, that's, that's, like how, that's how you motivate second graders. Exactly. <laughs> so like if, if, you, if you do well, no you get ice your ice cream. cream. Party. Yeah, no yeah, ice cream for you. No poor behavior. No, we didn't have any of that, but I will say that um, we usually not ride on this really nice plane with a lot of space for everybody. Everybody gets a seat in between them, um, and it's really nice. And then one year, we weren't having a good year, probably my – 
last full year with the Broncos, uh, they bring us the tiniest plane, <laughs> and we all like just chucked it up like, oh, you guys are losing. Like, yeah, you're yeah, not yeah. getting the big plane anymore. You guys are sitting like scrunched up in seats. Yeah. We had enough of play- paying for the big plane. Oh, man, that's, uh, that's ridiculous. I wouldn't think that's happening with a family that is worth between 40 and $70 billion. Mm-hmm. In fact, the Broncos need to pretty soon get on the New England Patriots plan. You see what the Patriots do to travel? No, what do they do? They have their own planes. That's it. The Crafts bought their own planes. I think there's two of them, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're decked out. says New England Patriots on them. It's not like a Delta plane or a United plane that yeah. they rent out. Uh, and it has all the Super Bowl trophies on them. And those are the Patriots planes. The Waltons need to do that. Yep. I mean, it's a couple hundred million dollars. That's a they lot. They probably don't even need to buy one. Just loan the Broncos one they already have. You know, I'm <laughs> yeah. sure they have a private jet and That's plane sitting sure. around somewhere. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> yep. And I heard another thing that they did last year, and I don't think this was Hackett. I think this was the ownership, was they made it so every single player had their own like first class seat yeah and so there was it wasn't the small planes anymore no that's 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 what i feel like the great organizations do for a long time the broncos the players sat in the back and then ownership and like gm sat in the front um but if you talk to your friends on other teams most of the players sit in first class Mm -hmm. so we always felt a little slighted but i'm glad they turned things around because your players need to be comfortable man i mean we got to be able to kick our feet up we got a long day ahead of us the next day so you gotta be comfortable. I mean, the the owners, the GMs, the administration—they're not the ones putting their body literally on the line the next day. So exactly. I totally agree. You gotta take care of them. Yes, definitely. Um, and then the last thing—did you always have a police escort? Yeah, one hundred percent. When we were going to the plane to take off from here, and then also when we landed, um, uh, there wasn't much we did without a police escort. Man, and Henry, you ever had a police escort? When you're, like, not so. in the back of the car? <laughs> oh, we won the speech and debate championship. No Big way. Rode on, a, rode on a fire truck. I'm not sure if there were police also. You I think that's as close as I got. fire truck for winning, winning the, speech and debate? Oh, yeah. It was, like, mm, I think wow. we won, like, six, seven, and eight in a row. Wow. Columbia Falls. Oh, yeah. Damn, I, I mean, I didn't actually contribute. I just had friends. <laughs> it, was, it was a way to get out oh, of school. Oh, so, like, the whole, the whole uh, school got to ride on them. No, it's not the whole school. It was like the, I don't know, it was like 20 of us. Wow. There were like 200 people in my graduating class. Damn. You're, you're big yeah. time, just yeah. saying. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was big day. time. You know I was big time. I took like third in divisionals. Okay. Wow. Yeah, pretty good. Is that the same number of times you've rode on a fire truck? Once. Once, yeah. Yeah, I think you got me tied. Yeah. Wow. yeah, I think so. You both yeah. got me beat by one. <laughs> so I wasn't kidding. The great Henry Chisholm, the great Todd Davis wow. joining me on the pod today. All right, let's jump into, speaking of great, Who's been great in this training camp? Let's break down where we are through training camp. Who's been doing well? Mm-hmm. Who needs to step it up? And we're going to be looking at a stonk report here. Oh, boy. With Henry Chisholm. Uh, Henry, who has impressed you most throughout training oh, camp? Just like who's looked the best? Yep. It's Justin Simmons. Mm-hmm. Okay. Justin Simmons has looked the best of anybody in camp. I mean, it's not a surprise. No. You know, he's definitely played better than expected. I mean, he had interceptions three days in a row. Like, you just don't expect that from people. So there's other people who have surprised me more, but Justin Simmons, to me, has just been the best player on the field. Very fair. Very fair. And, I mean, Todd, Justin's been incredible. The reason why I'm not putting him number one for me is because Justin's missed the past four practices. Is yep. that right? Now, he's if he would have continued to play and played it the way he was, I mean, probably mm-hmm. no one better in the league right now through training camp 
in seven practices, mm-hmm. he had like four interceptions. Mm-hmm. That's insane. That's like him going out this year and having 10 or 11 interceptions yeah, in the season. Time. He led the league in interceptions last year with seven, six? Six, I think. So he almost would have doubled that mm-hmm. with the pace he was on in this camp. So he's been incredible. But availability is the most important ability. <laughs> and uh, Jonathan Cooper mm. has probably had a sack every single day. I mean, he's mm-hmm. probably at like 13 sacks in 13 uh, days right now. So he might be the biggest surprise but he's also just been the best player out there, which I think is so exciting. Could mean concerning things for the offensive line, which we'll definitely get in into the second segment. Um, but another defensive guy for me. Yeah, I think I might have to go defense as well. I think. Uh, Shocker. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Zach Allen has looked really good. Uh, he has. Um, I yeah. think he has brought over everything that they expected him to. I think his ability to already have known um, Van Joseph's defense and also allow the guys to see what it looks like to play at a very high level for a long time. Um, I think he's brought a lot to the table. So I think the defense overall is looking really good. I think we've all brought up defensive Definitely. players. Yep. The offense needs to step it up, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, it's because of how slow of a start it was for the offense. But they've picked it up in the last five days, but it was a really bad start those first eight days. But because of how they've done the past five days – Another guy I have to throw out there is Russell Wilson, Mm -hmm. which is so encouraging because one week ago today, it was doomsday for the Broncos. And it wasn't just to create chaos within the fan base. It was we had not seen a touchdown pass from Russell Wilson one week ago from today. We hadn't seen him close to that. He had like seven interceptions and no touchdowns. That's really concerning, really concerning. In the past five practices, I don't know exactly how many touchdowns, no interceptions yesterday. Didn't have an incomplete pass. So Russell Wilson, he deserves a lot of credit for not really, I guess, how he's turned it around. But when they've started to put more game-like things into practice, that's when he stepped up. So that's the most encouraging thing for me. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely turned things around. It's it's kind of tough now. We've kind of hit the big ones. Basically, everybody else has either started hot and kind of fallen off a bit or kind of started a little bit slowly and picked it up. And, I mean, that's kind of the Russell Wilson story, too. I mean, I I guess Cortland Sutton is Mm -hmm. probably next up on my list because, you know, the big plays have come in these past couple of days, but he had been pretty consistent up up until that point. So I think that that's kind of like the the tiebreaker to me. Yeah. Yeah, I think think someone else that I would want to throw in there is Nick Benito. Yes, yeah, I was going to say Nick. I mean, yeah, that's a good one. I almost put Nick... Above Jonathan Cooper, uh-huh. just because, and yeah. now talk about surprises. He's probably been the best surprise of camp so far for me. But every time it's either number zero or number 42. And this is when Frank Clark and Randy Gregory have been playing. Yep. And Nick Benito and Jonathan Cooper aren't doing these things against second team guys. It's no. not like it's Randy Gregory and Frank Clark with the first. And then in the second, it's, it's Jonathan Cooper and Nick Benito. No, these guys are in just as much as, mm-hmm. as Gregory and Frank Clark. And Nick Benito has been tearing it up, not just as a pass rusher either. There's been so many times where I've been like, wait, that was a run play? Because Nick Benito was the one to stop that. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's playing really well. I think overall, I mean, we keep seeing the, uh, praises of the defense, yeah. man. I think they've just been playing really well. Yeah. Um, on the offensive side, I think Marvin Mims is turning it on as well. Yes. Um, yeah. He's starting to stack together good days, and uh, this Friday will be a great day for him because he should be taking a lot of one reps. Mm-hmm. And you know, um, when you're 
when you're available, that's the best thing you can be as a football player. Yeah. And he's healthy right now, so hope he doesn't – he may take somebody's spot. Who knows? But he will definitely have every opportunity to. It's a really good point. And the depth chart, we didn't get to that yesterday. The Broncos' unofficial oh. depth chart came out yesterday. Sean Payton tried to downplay it as much as humanly possible, <laughs> which I'm sure – 95% of coaches want to do. They don't want it to seem like a big deal because at the end of the day, they're not the ones who create this depth chart so that it can be unofficial. Mm -hmm. They look it over and stuff. But um, Marvin Mims right now is the Broncos' third receiver because you have Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton as the two number one guys, as the two starters. Then behind him, it's Marvin Mims and Brandon Johnson. Yep. Brandon Johnson's hurt. Ankle mm -hmm. sprain out probably a week or two or three, just depending on the severity. We haven't got an update on that. But he's probably not going to play tomorrow. So Marvin Mims is that number three. And Todd, I think it's a really good point. Not only is he going to play with the ones, you would imagine a rookie would continue to get a lot of reps with the twos and kind of be that number one receiver when the twos are in as well. So he's going to have a huge opportunity. And speaking of huge opportunity for him, he's also the starting kick returner and the starting punt returner. I think the depth chart is right on that. I, I, yeah. I think he's their starter there. I think so, too. And him being that versatile to really be a returner and a wide receiver, um, I think he's going to secure his spot if he continues to play well. Um, they need him on the field. You know, he's mm -hmm. obviously agile and versatile enough to be my returner. I think he's going to do pretty well at wide receiver, too. Yeah. And the crazy thing is he's just run away with the returner job, too. Like, like at this point... If, if we could bet on this, he'd be like a minus 10,000 favorite just to be the starting punt return, kick returner. Woo, and minus 10,000. I mean, there there has been no doubt for the past, like, I mean, ever since he came back and started catching punts, like, they were only rotating him and Montrell. Like, they weren't even yeah. letting anybody else catch punts. What's it been, a week? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and Kendall Hinton is rotated in a little bit, but even he, let's see, it was the last practice yesterday, he dropped one. It's like, well, he's dropped him. Montrell's dropped him. Marvin Mims has just caught everything so smooth. They put yeah. him in the top of the drill. Like, they really have just decided, I think, that, that he's the starting returner. I, I agree. Now, I want to say I'm as high on Marvin Mims as anyone because mm -hmm. I've seen the success that Sean Payton's had with rookie receivers. Mm -hmm. He's had multiple thousand-yard rookie receivers who aren't first-round picks. Second-round mm -hmm. picks, undrafted guys, sixth-round picks. Uh, that's what Sean's done with guys. So I believe in Marvin Mims this year. But, Todd, is there something to putting too much on a rookie's plate, asking him to be a third receiver, asking him to be your starting kick returner, asking him to be your starting punt returner? I think there is. You can put too much on a young guy's plate because it takes time to learn how to be a top-notch wide receiver and a top-notch you know, returner because the job, those jobs are hard, especially when you talk about kick returning, yeah. and then you got to go and put together 11-play drive. Like He's going to have a lot of... Uh, breaking in he needs to do as far as his lungs and his ability yeah. to understand his job but also how to conserve energy yeah. uh, usually that's why the returner is not also the starting wide receiver mm -hmm. because it is such a tough job so it could be a lot for him to handle but you know let's see how he does i think he'll probably do both of them starting tomorrow so i think it'll be a good test to see if his lungs are ready and he's ready to really kind of handle both and, and it's tough because he's a downfield receiver too mm -hmm. like he's not going to be yeah. running these short little routes it's not <laughs> slants and hitches for him it's like you're running 40 yards downfield and hopefully you get open at the very least stretch the field. Like he's just running straight down. He's running the big, like deep crossers. And so going from returning punts to then just essentially running wind sprints can't be easy. No, it certainly can't be easy. Um, and uh, I think if you're going to have him do that in a regular season, you do it game one of preseason For just sure. to, just to see if he can do it and see where his conditioning's at, see where his headspace is at, see if, 
after he's focused on returning a punt, if he can be in the right headspace to then switch to an NFL level of getting in that huddle with Russell mm-hmm. Wilson, being next to Cortland Sutton, Jerry, Judy, and see if he's able to handle it. Don't wait until week one. So nope. I agree. They should start it tomorrow. And uh, 24 hours, nearly 24 hours away until the first preseason game. We just got out of a meeting talking about game day when regular season comes around. Like I said, one month away. We're so close. Mm-hmm. And if you want to go to the first Broncos game, Now's the time to start looking at tickets. And you yeah. want to go over to our friends over at Game Time to look for those tickets. Because now might be you might see a ticket and you're like, that's too good to pass up on. And it's it's also going to be too good to pass up on over at Game Time. Because if you use the code DNVR over at Game Time, you're going to get $20 off your first ticket purchase. After you download the app, use that code DNVR over at Game Time to get $20 off. So if you find like a $50 Broncos ticket for, for week one against the Raiders, it's going to be 30 bucks over at Game Time. You know mm-hmm. we're going to have a tailgate out there for every single game, and that Raiders game is going to be lit when Josh McDaniels comes into town. Mm. Maybe no Josh Jacobs in town either, and the Broncos look to break that six-game losing streak. You want to be there? Check out our friends over at Game Time. Use that code DNVR. That's going to be a great game. Oh, yeah. I'm a big Raider hater, man. Yes. I, yeah, I hate the Raiders with a passion. <laughs> Um, even more than the Chiefs. So I definitely want to see the Broncos win that one. I'm taking the Broncos all the way. And if you're betting, boom, I think you should do boom. that with betting365. Use the code DNVR365 at sign up. You can turn $1 into $200 of bonus bets when you join 365. Download the app, deposit $10, and claim your $200 in bonus bets. $10, $1 to $200, that's <laughs> 200 on X on your money. That's a big time. Yeah, uh, yep. yeah you would have won that if you had bet on the debate team, you know? Uh, I know. You wouldn't have gotten great odds. <laughs> we had the winning streak. Oh, you're just a powerhouse. Yeah. They actually blew that. They got to like 16 or something and just blew it a couple years ago. Wow. Yeah. Well, maybe that's going to be the Chiefs to the Broncos this year. They're exactly. 15. That'd be so nice. So if they win 16, they might blow it. I that would be nice. <laughs> um, okay. Let's now any other guys you want to you want to throw out of being like some guys that either surprised you in a good way or uh, that's had a really good camp that we need to give credit to. Um, I mean, Taylor Grimes, Taylor Grimes has been like he's been one of the best receivers in camp. You know, it's Cortland Sutton at the top top. Jerry Judy has made some big plays too. Mims is kind of caught up. But after those three, Taylor Grimes has as good a case as anybody, which is interesting for an undrafted rookie. Um, he's one who I'm really excited to see tomorrow. Uh, just so shifty. He gets open. I mean, he's three for three beating Justin Simmons in one-on-ones and again, yeah, it's one-on-ones. He has the advantage. One of those is like off coverage and he ran like a little slant. What, I, there was one where he put Justin Simmons on the ground off the cut yeah, though, which yeah, is yeah, notable. Yeah, yeah. So he's definitely one who I'm excited to see. So Hank, you're talking about a back of the roster guy. Give us a number. He's number 13, Boom. Yep. number 13 yep. tomorrow. So keep, keep an eye on him Two back of the roster guys. I want to throw out there. The JMs on offense and defense. Jaleel yep. McLaughlin, the running back who's been so dynamic, so electric. We talked to offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi yet a few days ago, and he said Jaleel's breaking a big play every single day mm-hmm. in practice. Mentioned he has great vision, which I think is huge for an offensive coordinator. I, th- I think that's a really big compliment from an offensive coordinator because mm-hmm. this guy's small, shifty. He has explosive speed. 
but the vision is just so key for a running back. I'd have to imagine, Todd. Yeah, because the play is never going to work out how you draw it up. Yeah. There's going to be somebody that, that jumps into a gap. There's going to be an O-lineman that maybe misses a block. And your ability to really read the situation and get out and find the open space and be able to create, you know, five, ten more yards mm -hmm. on a play that might have been broken or tackled at the line of scrimmage, I think that's all vision. So when you have a back like that, um, they're great for your offense because they're always being able to find the positive play. Yeah, and then the other J JM is uh, Jaquan McMillan on defense. Yeah. You guys know about him from weeks 18 last year when he got his first start <laughs> and was just all over the field, almost an interception, almost a pick six. He's been doing that exact same thing this camp. Not as many interceptions as Justin Simmons, but mm -hmm. he has been all around the ball. We talked about the play where Brandon Johnson got hurt. Jaquan had an interception on that play um, <laughs> because he was able to come out of the break clean, and he's just been all over the field. So number 35, keep an eye on him as well. <laughs> Todd, anyone else that you're keeping an eye on or that you've been impressed with? I think Kwan Williams is continuing to yeah. stack um, his dominance, I think, on the football field. You know, I listed him as now unofficially mm -hmm. the starting nickel corner, and yeah. I think he's earned it. I think he's played really well, even with a cast on his hand at times. <laughs> yeah. He's made it happen. Yeah. So um, I like guys when when they can prove that it wasn't a one-time thing or just a good year. Yeah. Like, he's continuing to stack it. He's, he's continuing to come back and show um, that he can be a big piece of this defense. So I think he's still looking good. Todd, that's such a good name to throw out because behind the scenes, a lot of people on defense like to point to him mm -hmm. and say, like, not he's the X factor, but he's, like, the most underappreciated guy yep. on defense. And how beneficial is it? Because he's not only a really good slot corner in terms of his coverage ability, but he can blitz, yep. he can tackle. How nice is that for a defense or an inside guy to know that, okay, I don't have to worry as much about getting outside on the left or the right, wherever K-1 is, because I know he can actually tackle. Yeah, it's important because you need a guy that can do everything. Um, and there was times, even when I played, like, we had really great corners. But sometimes Chris was like, man, you better go make that tackle because I'm not <laughs> trying to get in there. But I know Kwan, you know, he's like, this is mine. I'm going to take yeah, it. You know, yeah, the yeah. ball's going to me no matter what. Um, you know that he's, he can get it done and really force things back to you. So um, a guy that can do everything, being versatile, that's the number one thing you can be mm -hmm. on the football field, whether you're a, a corner or a, or a lineman that can play, you know, guard, tackle, and sometimes center if he goes down you got to be versatile, and that's something K-1 has. Yeah, and surprise, Todd, I played corner in high school, and extra surprise, I was definitely like Chris. No, I don't want to tackle. Uh. Uh, I need the <laughs> linebackers out there as quick as possible. I want yeah. nothing to do with tackling anyone. Okay, let's go to uh, the guys that we need to see more of in preseason in the rest of training camp. Guys that we want stocks to go the other way. Uh, we're probably going to start on the offensive side of the ball, Henry. Yeah. Um, you don't have to. No, I think that's probably a good call. I think Jarrett Stidham's an easy one. I, I think that okay. there just haven't been many plays that he's made. You know, because it was every day for that first half of camp so far, we're saying, you know, Russell Wilson hasn't been playing well, but it's not like anybody is really pushing him. Yep. You know, it's not like the other quarterbacks have found any success, um, except for Ben DiNucci a couple times. But I, I was a little surprised that we didn't see more of Jarrett Stidham. And maybe it's just because they gave him the two-year, $10 million deal. You're just like, okay, this guy's going to come in. He's going to make some plays. But I don't know. I just thought we'd see more from him. 
That's that's very fair. And like you said, there was such a easy opportunity for Stidham to just play well mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. first week of camp. Not for Sean to bench Russ and put Stidham in, but for there to be more conversation mm-hmm. outside of the facility around it. And there was zero conversation because mm-hmm. Stidham wasn't doing anything incredible. Now, we saw Russ turn it around these past five days. There, there's no doubt that Jared could go out and light it up against Arizona, could turn it around in the rest of training camp. But I agree. I do, I do want to see more of him. Todd, what about you? You know, I think that I want to see more of the offensive line have good days. Mm, yeah. I think we talked about Nick Benito. We talked about Jonathan Cooper. Yeah. I think our tackles have been getting a little uh, worn at times, and I would like to see them, you know, do better. Maybe have to go against, you know, other competition. I know that we're missing a few for this game, but I would like to see the O-line flourish, um, you know, in their pass protection and give us some confidence that Russell will be able to sit in a clean pocket throughout the season, that he won't be out there running for his life, and that he'll be able to make some clean throws. Mm -hmm. I was going to go specifically Mike McGlinchey, Mm -hmm. but I think you're right just pinpointing the offensive line in general because – I, th- I think the biggest issue has been with both tackle spots, Bowles mm-hmm. and McGlinchey, with Benito, Cooper just running around him. And specifically with McGlinchey, he's going to struggle with speed rushers. Mm-hmm. And he and Sean Payton need to figure out how to counteract that because teams are going to see this and say, okay, we don't necessarily want a power guy on McGlinchey because he is big mm-hmm. and he is strong. In run situations, he's going to be great because he's a really good run blocker. But... If it's as easy to, as to identify as saying, let's get our speed guy on McGlinchey, it's going to be really bad. So you're going to need to put a uh, Chris Manhurts, yeah. uh, a Michael Burton on his side um, because it's been concerning uh, yeah. so far. And that, that's maybe why we're talking more Nick Benito and Jonathan Cooper, more speed rushers than the Frank Clark and the Randy Gregories in terms of who's been tearing it up against this first team offensive lines because it's those speed rushers that are getting to him. But Todd, there's... Tons of speed rushers in the NFL. For sure. You, you, you have to have some sort of counteracting for that. Yeah, and I think the best way to do it or to counteract it is to kind of just, if you just put the tight end close to the line of scrimmage, just so he can either chip um, the outside linebacker as he's coming off or just get in his way. Yeah. If mm-hmm. I can make the outside linebacker go through my tackle instead of being able to go around him, that'll, be, that'll give our team the best mm-hmm. uh, option as far as, you know, Mike McGlinchey blocking. Yeah. So I think Sean Payton may do a lot, even with running backs, you know, chipping on their way out or just getting in guys' way. I just don't want him to go around my tackle. Make him go underneath you so he has to go through mm-hmm. McGlinchey. Yeah, because no, I, it's really quick. A speed rusher, probably smaller. Uh-huh. And if you're mm-hmm. sending a speed rusher who has to go inside, running into Quinn Minerts yep. or Ben Powers, who are like 320, 330, mm-hmm. Big that'll slow a speed rusher down pretty instantly. For sure. Yeah, and I was going through this morning. All three of the sacks that uh, McGlinchey's given up, all three were to Jonathan Cooper. Mm. Just kind of interesting, just because I was curious. I was just searching his name in all the notes. Um, but I actually go the other way. It's the power rushers that concern me. You know, it's mm. that big, long body. He just gets pushed back. You know, those are the those are what stand out in my mind going back is, you know, Randy Gregory last year tossing him aside, Frank Clark, Max Crosby. But, yeah, I mean, it's also been Benito. It's the little guys who can dip underneath. I guess maybe that's what's concerning is that, Nothing's so really going we're well. We're nervous for the speed rushers, <laughs> and we're nervous for the pa- for the power rushers. What do what hope do we have right we now? We run the football. <laughs> we run the football. Exactly, exactly. And that's someone I guess that I'm encouraged about is Javante Williams. Mm-hmm. And I should have given him a shout out when doing this. He's yeah. missed one day. This was a guy that was not supposed to start training camp. This was a guy that was not supposed to start the season. This was a guy that maybe wasn't going to play this entire season, mm-hmm. having an 18-month recovery potentially. That's what doctors told him, one year to 18 months. 
He's missed one day of practice. And in that day of practice, Todd, tell me how crazy this is. Coaches said, you're sitting out today. Mm -hmm. He still wore full pads, helmet, did stretch, did individuals. And then the coaches said, okay, you are actually sitting on the sideline. If I'm getting a day off, I'm going to be in a ball cap. Uh -huh. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be comfortable. I'm not going through anything. And that just shows just how much work he's put in. Yeah, I think he's showing, like, I'm ready. It's not me pulling myself out. Yeah. Like, I'm ready to go. The coaches want to give me a day. But if I have my way, I will be out there. Because, I mean, um, I love his hard work, his his hustle, his mentality. He's not taking days off. He doesn't want to have a day off. He'd much rather be out there grinding with his guys. And I, I think that shows that. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it shows it as well. So really <laughs> impressed with what Javante's done. And when we're talking about the line, why I think it's important you said the entire offensive line, not just the tackles. There's been way too many times where Alex Singleton or Josie Jewell in mm -hmm. a real game would have decapitated Russell Wilson yeah. or who whatever quarterback is back there. And I don't think that's ability. I think that's just communication. It is. And that's something where a new offense, you're going to have communication issues. Now, hopefully you can get rid of those as many as you can before week one. You're still going to have those. For how long is it is it realistic to expect those issues to go into a season? You know, um, well, it's going to start week one. I think they're going to try and run everything that we struggled on last year, you know, defensive <laughs> coordinators are going to run those specific plays to start the season. Yeah. And then whatever we don't have cleaned up, you know, it's a copycat league. They're going to continue to run that throughout the entire season. But for them to get together, I feel like week three should be really clean. Like okay. they should be able to have a good understanding of where everybody is. And they should be talking about it in meetings. Just like as a defender, um, when teams get into bunches, we talk about who's taking who when they come out and how they come out. And if they come out like this, we got to, we talk about all those different scenarios. Yeah. And I feel like as an offensive line, they should be doing the same thing. You know, they may come up with different blitzes, but you know, if somebody has to come in my gap, somebody has to come in the outside gap, and we have to know how to pass it off. Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know, week three is a good point where they should kind of have things bottled up and contained and kind of have like a, a good understanding of their job. I've mm -hmm. always wanted to know that. And I ask off it, unfortunately, Broncos have had new offensive line coaches, new offensive coordinators, new schemes all the time. Mm -hmm. And I know it takes time to get chemistry with an offensive line. And every year I'm asking the offensive coordinator or a lineman, how long does it take? Uh -huh. Oh, you know, we'll, we'll get it soon. We'll be there soon. Garrett Bowles a couple of weeks ago said, in a couple of weeks, we're going to get rolling. They never tell me, of course. <laughs> and that, but so I, I'm happy to hear that it should be early in the season. That, that is something where... I don't expect perfect in week one, but I'm glad it's week three and not week 10 yep. where we should be expecting that. I'm also curious how much they're allowed to change the protections right now. Because you know that Sean Payton will call in like, here's the play, here's the protection. Obviously, if you're Russell Wilson, you don't get to go up to the line and practice and say, hey, let's audible to this play. So I wonder how much he's allowed to change the protections. There's, there's a part of it where it's just, hey, we've got these five guys. We see these five coming. But I wonder... I'm not sure if you have any insight, but I wonder how much they're allowed to do with the line of scrimmage at this point. You know, I think I think Sean may be holding off on that because sometimes you can change the play and then sometimes it just is what it is. Mm -hmm. Because not every play has a has a good check to it or not every play you can check into something that you would rather be in. Sometimes you mm -hmm. got to live with the down and find the best play. So I think he's just putting them through, um, I guess, the hardest part, which would be we lined up to something, it's not favorable, but we got to figure out how to block it. And I think if you can figure out those scenarios, <laughs> when you ch when you can check or when you can change to a play that works for you, it's easy. Huh, that makes sense. And just to piggyback off that, one thing that Sean is not doing in practice, I can't imagine yet, 
is trying to help Mike McGlinchey out against those speed or power rushers. He's mm -hmm. not trying to put him in an advantageous position to win every single down like he will be in the regular season. He's mm -hmm. not game planning for this defense right now. He wants to see what Mike McGlinchey can do, what, the, what every individual player on offense mm -hmm. can do. And I think he's going to realize, okay, at least right now, until he can prove otherwise, we do need to give him that help. But right now, I'm not giving that help because I want to see what else other people can do. Exactly. It's all a test. And with Sean, he's testing you every moment and writing mm -hmm. it down and taking mental notes. He wants to see what everybody can do because that way he knows how to use them the best. Um, we talked about it before on this show. He, he allows players to be their best selves, and he's only going to ask you to do what you do best. So um, he's going to ask McGlinchey to run block a lot. And then, you know, when it's past players, I can't necessarily get another guy in there, but I'll help you out and throw your bone in. So then in preseason, do coaches take that same approach as in training camp of we just want to see what you can do against a different team? Or do coaches say, okay, let's actually try to put you in, in advantageous positions? No, they're just going to see what you can do against okay. another team. I don't yeah. think they're going to put you in the best uh, situation because I think sometimes – that will be giving away too much to opposing, right. you know, coordinators. If I start showing you how I'm going to help my tackle out, then you're just going to move your guy to the other side and yeah, see right. if he can do better right. on that side. So they try to hold as much close to home as they can um, without giving too much away, I think. Well, so as vanilla as it can be tomorrow. Yeah, very. It's almost – we almost don't even study – preseason film yeah. like when it's time for week one we go back to maybe like week 16 or 17 of last season to kind of see how they ran things or if a new office officer coordinator comes in we go to the team he was at prior but we don't really watch um preseason film to get ready we kind of know they're not showing us much they're gonna be vanilla they're just getting guys ready yeah and and earlier this week sean said that today is when they kind of focus their eyes on arizona for the first time mm -hmm. but not even in a game planning way he said like we're going to pretend to come out of the tunnel in Arizona uh -huh. and go through warm-ups like we will in a game. And so it's really the most basic, fundamental parts of pregame that they practice before the preseason mm -hmm. game, not even like looking at Arizona tape at all. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing he said was that they just they won't use motions very much. Yeah. Like anything that could cause like a hiccup in the play they're just not interested in trying it because they just want to let the players play football so they can see what they can do, which is interesting because you always watch these games and you're like, wow, it's kind of boring what the offense is doing, kind of boring what the defense is doing. And it makes sense that some of that's you don't want it on tape. Uh -huh. But then there's also the part where if they screw it up, then all of a sudden that's one of your 60 plays or whatever that you don't get to see how whoever it was did. Yeah, exactly. And if someone screws you up, you got to call our friends over at Bax and Shanker. That's 222 <laughs> If it's any sort of injury-related in, uh, accident, go to coloradolaw.net or call our friends Bacchus and Shanker because they are going to help you. And the great thing is free consultation, free when they work on your case, and you don't pay until they win. And speaking of winning, they've won over a billion dollars for their clients. That's just as much as Phil Mickelson has bet. And his yeah. life, apparently, according to a report today, which is wild. Baxton Shakers won that amount of money. Mm -hmm. So they are winners. So call them at 222-2222, whether you've been in an automobile, pedestrian, ride share, um, any sort of accident, give them a call where they will help you for free until they win your case. And go pick up a pair of Shady Rays. Um, I think... I'm not sure if it's still there. I have like a tiny little sunglasses, like arm line on this side of my face. And my nose is just a little bit more red than like everything else. But other than that, I mostly uh, avoided the sunglasses tan during training camp. You want to say you're a visor guy. 
I'm not a visor guy. Visors don't really make sense. Like my hair just <laughs> it would just stick up. It's dude. perfect. I look, look like a pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> it would just go straight. Are you up. a visor guy? I'm, well, when I start growing dreads, yeah, yeah for yeah, sure, yeah, because the hat doesn't really fit. It's sitting way high on my head now. I look goofy, <laughs> but the visor keeps a nice covering for shade. Yeah. My hair gets to flow in the wind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's a good combo. <laughs> wow. You and Sean Payton. Yeah. Um, Although Sean's been wearing a lot of hats, which is interesting because. Oh, it was Josh McDaniels, who I was going to have like a look. They, they had the visor guy before and the visor guy now. When Josh McDaniels was with the Broncos, he also wore hats. And the rest of his career, he's worn visors also. So huh. I wonder if it's a Denver thing. Maybe mm. there's not enough Broncos visors. Maybe John not. was wearing one yesterday. Huh. So he has one. Yep. Uh, but go get yourself some Shady Rays, especially if you're wearing a visor. Just completes the, the vibe perfectly. <laughs> and you can get 50% off if you buy two or more pairs of sunglasses. If you use the code DNVR at ShadyRays.com. They're great sunglasses. If you lose them, you break them, you'll get them replaced for, three, for free. They've been rated five stars by more than 250,000 people. Todd, what are you looking most forward to? tomorrow's game what do you want to see the most if you got one wish for the first preseason game what would it be uh the one wish would be that the offense took 15 plays uh they scored russell went seven for seven mm-hmm. and we just put together a clean drive yep. and everything looked crisp that yep. would be my one wish i don't know if it comes true all tomorrow night but i think that would be the perfect way to start a season well i completely agree with you now what's kind of the bar for that if Russ goes four for seven and a touchdown and he went two drives, one was a three and out, the other was a 75-yard touchdown drive. Like, where, where do you draw the line in terms of saying, like, I'm happy with what I saw from Russ as opposed to saying, like, oh, man, wasn't what I wanted to see? You know, I don't. I think a three and out probably is not what I want to see. I know yeah. they're not going to be going against all the ones over at Arizona. <laughs> so I expect him to be able to put together a drive. And then if he just... If he has incompletions, that's okay as long as they're not like, oh, that should have been a pick or, oh, that looked really bad. I think just uh, clean, crisp, doesn't have to be perfect, but it just doesn't have to look like, oh, we're in trouble or, oh, he might be throwing a couple picks this year. Not having the starters in for the Cardinals, and I guess we don't know how many, but I'm a, I'm expecting about half their starters will play. That's, that's what is kind of scary because you have to do well Otherwise, mm. the sky's falling. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to live in that world where Twitter's annoying and we've got to come on the show and the comments are all negative. But it does feel like tomorrow should be a game where, you know, 100 passer rating shouldn't be hard. Mm-hmm. Like, you should be able to go out there and get that done. You know, five yards, five and a half yards per carry from the running backs when you've got, in theory, probably four of your starters in the offensive line going against a bad defensive line that's also without a couple of starters. It should just be nice and smooth and easy, and uh, I'm just a little bit nervous that it won't be and that tomorrow night's going to be kind of stressful. I think the Cardinals, in my opinion, are prime for the number one overall pick this year. (laughs) And then they're playing most of their backups. Uh So I think you're talking about the Cardinals starters being kind of like low-end ones, maybe actual backups to start with. Mm -hmm. And then they're playing their backups. So you're talking about like, you're really playing against twos and threes. Yes, for sure. So Rush should look sharp, but I don't want it to set ridiculous expectations. This is his first game with Sean Payton. This is his first game in new offense. First game in, what, eight months? Mm-hmm. And the entire offense as well. So I think, Todd, you're right. You're spot on. Like, let's 60% completion at least. 
no no interceptions yeah. or at least more touchdowns and interceptions if he somehow plays three possessions and one of them's a pick and the other two are touchdowns it's more good than bad um and that's kind of at the end of the day what i want to see more good than bad yeah. without disaster yes. so like you said no really bad throws or anything like that which we did see uh, for the first eight nine days of training camp show me that those we're just learning, learning things. And you, you were trying to see what limitations you had. And then these past five days show that that is who you are. Yep. And I understand having a rough start. I, I'm golfing a lot now. Yeah. And if you come with me the first five minutes warming up on the range, you will think I can't play. Just wait five minutes and I'll start hitting some bombs. And you're like, oh, this guy might be pretty good. I need to warm up. So yeah, that's, what, yeah, yeah. that's all he was doing. Yeah. He was warming up. And that's like the first week of training camp is like the first five minutes of being on the course for hours mm -hmm. in terms of a season. The first week of training camp is one week of what? 26 that you're with the team yeah so i mean it's very very minuscule and so i'm told i if he comes out and plays well i'm willing to forget that entire first week of camp and just be like he's played a full week of really good football including a game you don't you don't remember those first five minutes uh -huh. when you're on hole four and exactly. you're like one under yep yeah. <laughs> with, a um, with a tequila and ginger ale. Yeah, like, there you go. I've been playing Ooh. great all day. <laughs> <laughs> of course, then you forget for sure what happened. Oh, man, tequila, ginger ale, that sounds good right now. Yeah. Although it looks a little stormy outside. Huh. Hank, huh. what are you looking for? Oh, boy. I like Taylor Grimes. I like these running backs. I think running backs is where I go first because that the, the third job is totally up for grabs. And there's three running backs who could take it. I think they're all on perfectly even footing. I think... Julio McLaughlin might be a little bit behind because they might think they can just bury him and put him on the practice squad. And that might just be a smart strategy to take. But outside of that, like they all have made plays that you look at and get excited about. And they're all going to get opportunities tomorrow for the first time because during training camp, they don't really get tackled. And you say that and then think back. It's like, well, PJ Mustafer did just throw Julio to the ground because he's like 175 pounds or whatever. But that's going to be a lot of fun to see who winds up being the third running back because that guy's going to be a part of the offense. Mm -hmm. it, it probably won't be a big part most weeks, but there's a couple carries there. And then inevitably, what, NFL player, you probably play 14 games, a 17-game season. Each of those uh, top two backs miss three. All of a sudden, that's that's six games where you're one of the two backs in that rotation, and that could decide a game at some point in the season. Do you think that they're looking at that position as a way to – find out who the starter is or go out and get somebody like a Dalvin Cook. Like if nobody shows up mm. on Friday and really explodes on film, is that the time where they're like, all right, we need to bring Dalvin in or bring another running back in to kind of complete this trio? It's such a good question. Mm. And with just how the Broncos have been tied to Dalvin Cook and reports about them being interested in Josh Jacobs, yes. Mm -hmm. Because or else why would they just consistently be tied to all of these names? Mm -hmm. Now, there could be other reasons. It could be agents using the Broncos as, uh, as an easy target to say, yeah, look at the Broncos. They're for sure going to be interested in our guy. But they've just been tied to too many guys uh -huh. to me. So, yeah, I think so. I and, think so. And the other side of it is you still don't know what you have with Javante. And I've seen a lot of people saying, don't give him any carries in the preseason. Same for the regular season. You don't want to risk him getting hurt. But you need to figure out what he has. Mm -hmm. You know, does he look like himself? And also... What if he does get hurt? You'd, you'd kind of rather he gets Watch hurt yourself. week two, week three of the preseason rather than during <laughs> yeah, the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely the big, big right. knock on wood. <laughs> but that's the thing that happens to guys who come back from injuries, and you want to have that knowledge while you still can go get a Dalvin Cook and go get a Josh Jacobs. So you just, I think you got to put him on the field and see what you have. And I do think that 
it, what we see this week and probably more so next week, uh-huh. that that will be a, a big factor in whether they go after Dalvin Cook. I would be shocked if Javante plays tomorrow. I think I would be too. But, I mean, he seems like he really, really wants to play. He like, wants- he's made it clear he really wants to play. And Sean Payton leans toward letting guys play a uh-huh. little bit too early versus too late. So I, th- there's a chance for sure. You want to take that he plays? I don't think so. Okay. Not at like even odds. Okay. But I do think that's all I'm giving probably you. 60-40 that he's sitting out. I mean, that's pretty close to even odds. Yeah, but, still a bad, it? but then it's a bad bet. It's a bad bet. <laughs> um, I don't think he plays because Sean Payton said the starters are going to play. But Javante, maybe week two. So that's the only guy mm-hmm. he's been like, maybe we'll hold him out. And then we talked to Javante. Alexis talked to Javante earlier this week. And he said he hopes to play this week, but definitely he's playing in week two. Yeah. Okay. That tells me they're pinpointing week two. Yeah, that means as they, when people talk like that yeah, on teams, yeah, we've yeah. already had a couple conversations <laughs> yeah. and we kind of have a game plan. We're yeah. just like not trying to tell you what it is, yeah. but they know when he's playing. Yeah, for yeah, sure. yeah. And he knows when he's playing. And you mentioned Jaleel McLaughlin. He is fifth out of five running backs on the depth chart right now. Yet, despite the comments from Joel Lombardi, despite him flashing mm-hmm. every single day, Todd, what does, because uh, you've been in this situation uh-huh. where you're an undrafted guy and you're at the back of the roster, but you're playing good football. Do you get kind of pissed off when you see that? And you're like, Tony Jones Jr. hasn't done anything. He's above me. Uh, Tyler Beatty hasn't done as much as I have. He's above me. Does it get you pissed off, or do you kind of know what you have to do to overtake those guys? Yeah, I think you kind of understand, you know, I'm here because of when I came in, it's not so much my production, Mm because they've only had, like, two weeks of training camp. It's Mm -hmm. less my production, more so how they selected players in free agency. Yeah. Um, And I think you you really value the time that you get to spend in the games like yeah from practice i might be fifth but watch what i go out here and do on friday and Mm -hmm. after that i better get bumped up yeah because i'm gonna go out there and put on a show and i think that's how you have to think about it i think that's how he may be thinking about it yeah when the Mm -hmm. bright lights come on is when you have to perform and show that you're a gamer and speaking of bright lights shout out to our friends over at saturday neon where they've got the brightest lights out there whether you want it for your man cave whether you want it for your own personal studio maybe your office uh your bedroom if the wife is going to allow it or the (laughs) husband's gonna allow you bring your college into your room anything you want what did you see the russell wilson video that recirculated when we found out that sierra's pregnant oh geez is it the one in him in bed after signing the deal with the no, <laughs> no, but very similar. Um, apparently, Sierra has like a uh, perfume brand, and they did like a little like video that's supposed to be sort of like an ad. But he just like looked at her and said, "You smell like you're going to be pregnant again soon," or something like that. And it's like, whoa! And just like looked at the camera, like you know what that means. It's like, oh, wow. that was a weird one that I hadn't seen before. What a scent! That that's is a, a unique that's scent. A scent. <laughs> <laughs> you, you smell like you're about to get pregnant. Wow! It's like, but that that's came out a, a weird thing ago. to say. That yeah, video. but it recirculated You've because got she is here? pregnant. Okay, let me just finish telling you about our friends over at Saturday Neon. Use the code DNVR for 10% off your order over at SaturdayNeon.com. They've got C-U-L-E-D signs. They've got so many officially licensed collegiate logos. Maybe they're working on Sacramento State right now. Maybe they have Sacramento State. Who knows? Maybe yeah, we can put a word re- in. I was reading mm. all the logos. I'm like, please have Sacramento State. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that hopefully be incredible? Soon. Yeah, uh, hopefully soon. So check them out. Denver-based CU grads. So they are local. And you know we love supporting local companies. So use that code DNVR over at SaturdayNeon.com. And free shipping for orders of $200. Did you hear? Did you find it? I did. 
Oh boy. I don't know if I, I want to see this. Okay. Oh. Yeah, man. Stop. Y'all keep playing with me. I'm telling y'all, y'all need to get that RNC right, fellas. Get the you smell. You smell like you about to get pregnant again. What you smell? You getting all up close to me like that? Oh my I'm gosh! You, you know how I work. Like, <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling y'all, y'all need to get that RNC right, fellas. Get the RNC right. I'm telling y'all, it's. it's I don't know wow. how that got lost in all the Russ videos. That's, that's a great one. That's a classic. That's Do we know hilarious. when that was from? No, I haven't seen. I now saw it pop up again. Sierra laughing in the back. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that is. Uh, I mean, he had her laughing though, so yeah. apparently he does know uh, what's up. So okay, let's jump into the comments section. Or did you have something to say before we? I forget went what we're talking. Oh, just the Julia McLaughlin thing. I really do think they're going to put him fifth on the depth chart until they force him or he forces them to move him up uh -huh. because I think they like him. I think they want him on the practice squad. So they're trying to bury him. I think for that other teams. the best thing in the Broncos mind that could happen is that Jaleel goes off for like a hundred yards in each of these games. And they're like, Oh, we got stud. Uh -huh. The second best thing that happens is he looks really good in practice and he never shows anything in a preseason game so that they can stash him on the practice squad. Yeah. Hmm. Man, I feel so bad for Jaleel. I yeah. feel so mm -hmm. bad for That's those how the guys NFL works, where it's though. like, man, we just really want to stash you. On our practice squad. Yeah. We like you so much. I mean, that's kind of you. Yeah, I mean, exactly. when you're getting yeah. calls from other teams to bring you on their 53, um, clearly the Saints wanted you. Mm -hmm. They wanted to stash. That's what they did for a couple of, was it months? Yeah, it was a couple of months. Yep. Yeah, because Broncos got you in October. Yep, in October. Yep, yep. 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 So yep. I think... Um, you know, as a as an undrafted free agent, you're happy to be in a room, whether it's practice squad right. or, but you know that you can play. But a good thing about the practice squad players is most of them, most of them get a shot in a regular mm -hmm. season game. Like, right. you don't stay on practice squad for long. I think for me, I maybe was on there uh, the first two weeks in the season, and I and I played the third week. Like, Dang. so sometimes your opportunity comes really quick, um, and you just got to make the most of it. It's not the worst thing in the world, especially as an undrafted free agent. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. You know, I could yeah. be sitting at yeah. home. A lot of my college friends, depending on where you come from, didn't even get a shot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, stay stay in faith. Whether it's practice squad or regular or the regular um, roster. Being in the building, you're in a good position to really make a name for yourself. Man, only two weeks on the practice squad is incredible. Yeah, for an un I mean, for anyone, but especially an undrafted guy. It worked out. I mean, I think somebody may have gotten injured. I never mm -hmm. want to see anybody get injured, but sure, sure. you're always, it's you're always happen, happy. Though, it was yeah, yeah, good yeah. for you, objectively. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's hop into the comment section. Got a couple super chats here. But first, before we do, hit us with a thumbs up. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, we're coming to you. Broncos didn't even practice today. We're podding today. Mm -hmm. So hit us with a thumbs up. It really helps us out. Also, we've got a whole new lineup on this squad. Make sure to give us a review on podcast if you're listening to us. Hit us with a five-star mm -hmm. review, whether you're listening on Spotify, Apple, wherever that is. Let's get to 1,000 reviews on both of those. And also... Come to DNVR Bar tomorrow night for Friday Night Live. We're all going to be here starting yeah, yeah. around 6 p.m. We're going to be doing a pregame show around 7-ish. So whether you're able to make it to the bar or not, make sure to tune into YouTube for that. And, of course, we've got our postgame show, which is going to be on YouTube and on the podcast side. What I say you hear? Oh, of course, we're looking at Hank. The, it always makes us laugh. The guy in the chat said, gum on the ball of my shoe, and I look. <laughs> <laughs> and, Hank, and, Hank, and Hank on the chat's like, oh, he, you made me look. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. That's With pretty a little good. typo on there. Speak also, that fragrance is uh, 2020. Might so it's called? That? Oh, Wait. that's when it's from. Yeah, well, that, that video's from like 2020. Really? Did they have a really? kid after that? 
How old is Win? Yeah, Win's young. Win's really young. Yeah, Win might be too. So I, I feel mean, weird sense. knowing the names of the kids. Like, cause I've never like it's not like I've talked to Russ and Russ is like uh-huh. told me about him. It's just like just from the internet, names. I know the names of his kids. Yeah, yeah, but when they have you know sixty million followers Definitely. on Instagram combined uh-huh. and they're showing their kids, mm-hmm. you're not like creepy. Hank. No, it's just sometimes like, you are, but not this time. It has like some Kardashian vibes to it. Mm. <laughs> are you a big you know? Kardashian fan? <laughs> no, oh, no. Okay, I'm okay. actually a big anti-Kardashian. Oh, yeah, anti. Yeah, yeah. I've just I, not, I don't know anything about him really. They like basketball players. I know that. <laughs> that's, that's the big thing. Occasionally, you see a basketball guy with one of them. Wynn was uh, born twenty-three, uh, the twenty-third of July, twenty twenty. But this kid, uh, this video came out after that because the fragrance was le- released in November. Okay. So you're looking at the end of twenty twenty, and he was born in July. So it's about a couple months difference. So there Russ was wrong then. Russ doesn't know what pregnancy smells like. That's a weird way to say it. Yeah. I mean, she's pregnant again now. We could probably move on. <laughs> All right. Let's hop into the Super Chats. First one coming in from our friend. Uh, B. Had Moon says, Hankerton is finally mm. back. So I can ask, who should we be the most hyped to see in the third and fourth quarter on Friday? And what's your favorite line on this game? Love the pot. And, of course, Denver Broncos for life. And this Back is my kind of person Hank. yeah. because I could literally sleep through the first half of this game and not care. Mm. Like there's nothing that this offense could do to make me think like, Oh, they're going to be great. Or like, Oh, I have no faith in them. Like it's just preseason football. It doesn't matter for them, but we all need to Hank on our show. Cause I, I could sleep through the second half of the uh. game. And be totally <laughs> fine. But the guys at the end of the roster, I mean, Sean Payton said it for a lot of them. This is the most important game of their life. Like this is what's going to determine whether they wind up in the NFL or not. Half yeah. half these guys are going to wind up on an active roster or I'm talking about undrafted free agents. Half go to an active roster or practice squad. Half are just done with the NFL. Mm-hmm. Like it's ridiculous stakes. And I can't imagine being in that situation. But from this side, like it's good TV. Like that's why people watch Hard Knocks. Um, so yeah, for names, I brought up Taylor Grimes. I can't wait to see him. I think there's a real chance that he goes absolutely insane because he's cooking just about everybody on that defense. Like he's doing ridiculous things. Like he stacked Isang Bassey and was like running up the field, knew he had him on his back, was just like jogging a little bit, throws like this fake outbreak, then just snaps it back in, has like 10 yards of separation. You're like, that's it. Isang Bassey's a guy who's been in the league for a mm-hmm. while and you're just toying with him. Um, so he's, he's the big one to me. Um, then the three outside linebackers, we'll go with them, with Marcus Haynes, Thomas Incombe, Chris Allen. Haynes has looked the best. Incombe's the guy who they gave the most money to of any free agent, undrafted free agent. And he's also listed ahead of the other two on the depth chart, which is interesting. Um, and one more, and they'll be done. Um, Nate Adkins, the, the, the tight end from South Carolina who's in front of Alberto on the depth chart, mm. who... Sean Payton said in June, we could put him in the tight end room. We could put him in the running back room. Like he's that F back in their offense where they could put him in line. They can drop him off the line of scrimmage. He, he was an FCS guy, went to South Carolina last year, had two catches for 20 yards in the first 10 games. Then the last two games, they played Clemson and Notre Dame. He had the game winning force fumble against Clemson. And between the two games had... I think it was 13 catches for 160 yards. So it broke wild. out when he got the opportunity and he's flying up the depth chart. Number four tight end. Like 
legit might make the roster as an undrafted free agent. Are you talking about, is that like the Broncos version of Taysom Hill without the quarterback ability? Yeah, but I've been scared to say it. But yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely a guy you got to keep an eye on because yep. Sean loves to have someone like that with that versatility. Absolutely. And I mean, Taysom Hill, they found while scouting Max McCaffrey. So Taysom Hill was definitely not a big name coming mm-hmm. out, and Sean was able to find him. All right, next Super Chat coming in from Greg Gass says, for those who like to see our players speak and like knowing what's being spoken about, can we please get mics for the reporters? He's talking about uh, questions, mm-hmm. I imagine, at the press conferences. Yeah, that's not on us. Mm-hmm. That's on the Broncos. Uh-huh. So. There, there is a mic that's right there. There's two mics. Yeah, and right they there. must just be like, I know there's different kinds of microphones. There's the ones that only pick things up. Like, they're really expensive, and it's, like, this far away. It must be that sort of microphone and not the one. Because the fact that you really can't hear anybody talk on those is pretty crazy. Yeah. Luckily, yeah. I'm just there, so it doesn't really matter. I don't think really they're, matter. like, on. Maybe they're not on. Yeah. Maybe yeah. they're fakes. I don't want to even have you picked up on that. No, no. Because it's tough no. watching it because you're, like, you hear a response, but you almost want to be like, well, what was the question? Exactly. Who are they talking about? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We need them. Uh, we need the players and coaches to just repeat like the names. Uh-huh. Like when asked about Todd Davis, they need to be like, yes, Todd Davis is having a great camp. Uh-huh. But of course, they're just like, he's having a great camp. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. All right, let's hop into the comments on the website really quick. Denver Rival says, hey guys, been loving the show recently with such great add-ins with Todd Davis, Alexis Perry, Jimmy Palmtrees. It's insane mm-hmm. that we are just one day away from Broncos football. My question to Todd today is during your NFL career, who were the most fun running backs to slam down? Oh, there was a couple of them. Uh, Marshawn Lynch was definitely a fun one. Because you know he's just not going down easy and it's going to be a little bit of trash talk on the way. Um, But I think we definitely got the best of him. Um, Leonard Fournette was fun to take down. Mm -hmm. Uh, Who else? There was so many, so many guys that were just so good that when you got a hold of them, you were happy with yourself. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> you were, did, you, did you ever play against Derrick Henry? Um, Yeah, I don't think he did much. Yeah, because... Yeah. I think he had like 22, 20 yards that game. Nice. That was Literally. Literally. With the Broncos, that yeah. Was the first, that was the pandemic game when yep. Drew yeah. started. And I remember that one very specifically. I remember yeah. saying crazy things on Twitter about that game. <laughs> they just knew he was about to run over us. They had that giant offensive mm-hmm. line. I yep. think he... I think he literally had like 20, yep. 20 yards. Yep. Yeah. The, the Broncos defense outside of literally like Josh Jacobs mm-hmm. has been great for the most part against elite running backs. You absolutely remember the game. Ezekiel Elliott and the Dallas Cowboys, yeah. Trevor Simeon, a quarterback, yep. came yep. into town. Zeke was coming off his rookie year, second year, where he's like going for 1,500 yards. I think he had a really good week one, too. And then uh, Zeke goes for like nine carries for seven yards. And it's just a beat down, 41 to 14 or something. (laughs) Akib had a pick at the end of the game, and you guys just dominated Dallas. I think the whole defense got like a game ball after that. Because <laughs> yeah. we, I think yeah. we tore them down. It's so funny because I have so many relatives from California that are big <laughs> Cowboys fans. Oh. But that's like the only time I played the Cowboys. So I don't want to hear anything about the Cowboys because <laughs> they didn't do anything against <laughs> no, us. No, no, no. And that, I mean, that was supposed to be the best offensive line in yep. the NFL. That no one was supposed to stop them until literally week two comes around. Exactly. Yep, and it yep, was yep, over. Yep. I feel like after that, it was kind of like downhill for them. 
time. Like oh, they yeah. had so much hype, and yeah. then we just whooped mm-hmm. them so bad. Yeah. Like I think nobody was afraid of them anymore. Just Did like, your family still cheer for the Cowboys when you were playing for the Broncos? Not my good uncles. Them? Not okay. my good family members. <laughs> 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 I definitely had a few that would wear like my jerseys when I played in and Cowboys okay. jerseys when I wasn't playing. Um, and I actually have an aunt right now who's a big 49ers fan that um, my mom had to get on her because she wore a 49ers jersey to our game against the 49ers. And my mom was pissed. Like, she's like, how dare you? I got her the ticket. Uh, She's she's sitting next to my family. You have a 49ers jersey on? So, you know, family is family. They always are going to root for you. But I do have a couple of family members that like to... You know, go their way, their I'm, own I, way. I'm sure in most families, there's probably a couple people that are like, nope, I've been, you know, bleeding uh, this other color forever in my life. Yeah, I'm who cares about them. real blood? <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's I did, good. I did forget the second part of the super chat. Are there any good lines for this game tomorrow? Oh. I think the spread's like five and a half. Broncos? Yeah. I, it's probably a good bet. It's. I'm not giving up five and a half points in preseason game. This game uh-huh. might be like thirteen to ten. Uh-huh. It might be like six to three. It's Do a preseason you know what the football game. Is? I don't. But what I really like is the money line, which I assume is pretty, pretty heavy for the Broncos, yeah. just because they're going to play starters. Mm-hmm. Just take it anyway. Just if if you if you bet ten bucks and it wins you four dollars. Hey, at least you won those four dollars and you didn't lose them because the Broncos are going to win tomorrow. And I then also you're betting one dollar over at Bet Three Six Five and you're getting two hundred. True. Yep. So yeah, yeah. There, there you go. All right, next comment coming in from the count says with a pass rush that seems to be improved. Let's hope so. And a stellar back end in coverage. Should we be expecting a rush and cover type of defense from Vance Joseph? Not only is this my favorite kind of defense, but it sounds like a bit like a spy novel. The Russian cover. What say you? <laughs> Love the count. Yeah, he, yeah. Count, man, you're always <laughs> keeping us on point, man. It's true. I think I think I like him a lot. Um, yeah, I think so. I think this will be a uh, a good scheme for this defense, especially if, like we said, if they can play with a lead. Um, they have the rushers to do it. They have the depth to do it. Um, and I think it's going to allow, you know, Justin Simmons and Pastor Tan and, and K-Jack to really – play one-on-one with some receivers in the mm-hmm. league and be able to, you know, win their downs. You know, when guys are under the rest, they make some crazy throws. I expect Justin to have a lot of picks this year from, you know, the front end really to be able to get at, really being able to get after quarterbacks. So I think so. One of the toughest starts to the season for the Broncos, if the Raiders have Josh Jacobs, might be the Raiders. The Raiders aren't a great offense, mm-hmm. but the Broncos should be able to shut down most passing attacks. That shouldn't be an issue even having Devontae Adams, the Raiders probably aren't going to try to win by throwing the ball just, you know, 50 times in a game. If they have Josh Jacobs, it's going to come down to stopping that rushing attack, and then they could just pin their ears back and and kill them if the Broncos get a lead and they force the Raiders to throw. Yep. That could be such a great start for the Broncos' defense. A major if, considering Josh Jacobs is 7-0 and against them. But Josh the Jacobs has to show up on the Raiders yep. to be there. I believe the Raiders' first unofficial depth chart didn't even have Josh Jacobs listed Man. on it. So he's giving them the middle finger. They're giving it right back to yep. him. Uh, a great place for the Broncos to be. Absolutely. I hope they just, you know, that situation <laughs> keeps going on. Because I think sometimes, you know, the front office feels like, if, okay, if we have a chance to win a Super Bowl, then we need to spend the money to do that. <laughs> the Raiders know they're not doing anything <laughs> next year. So they're probably sitting there like, I don't want to spend any money because we bring this guy in. We pay him the top dollar for us to have another losing season, which we're going to. I think they know that. Yeah. You know, I think guys know and teams know 
we knew when we were supposed to win a Super Bowl in yeah. 2015. In 17, we knew. <laughs> we also knew where, <laughs> yeah. how we were lucky if we make the playoffs, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, it's, it's so trim. And the front office, you also have to be realistic mm-hmm. because if you know you can't do it this year, why would you not try to carry over $15 million exactly. in, in cap space mm-hmm. to next year where then that can help you, help you a little bit more? Yep. Um, so you're, you're spot on, Todd. Mm-hmm. All right, next question coming in from our friend Bronk Euler says, since Peyton was hired, there's been the expectation that the Broncos will adopt a more tough physical style of play. I don't think this team has been that physically imposing since 2015 and 2016. There was a lot of talk physically during Fangio's run, but I don't think it materialized consistently. Have you seen or heard anything out of training camp to indicate that we're really adopting the Smash Mouth identity? The AFC West needs a bully, and I'd love the Broncos to play that role. It's the reason why I was a big proponent of Harbaugh during the coaching search, and I hope it comes to fruition. So before we even get into the question, Todd, do you agree with that? That 2015 and 16 is kind of when the imposing physical dominance of the Broncos kind of faded off. I think so. I think that we did a lot of things schematically on defense that you had to prepare for us. You know, right. we less prepared for you. You had to be able to go against, you know, Von Miller and Derek Wolf and know how to block those guys up as opposed to we got to know what scheme you're running, mm-hmm. which we did, but we imposed our will, you know, to that extent. Same thing when you're running the ball. I can't have a lot of formations or blitzes or different coverages when I have to line guys up to know how to stop your running attack. When you're downhill running and punch us in the mouth every single play, we got to prepare for that. And it can't be a lot of moving pieces. So as an offense, when guys make it simple on you, I think you do even better. They're not moving guys around. They're not shifting because they're they're worried about what you bring to the table. Mm -hmm. So I think we need that back. I think that puts our foot on the gas as opposed to, uh, being a defensive driver, trying to see what everybody else is doing, it allows us to be in the driver's seat. So hopefully that physicality comes back. And I yeah. think there's a lack of physicality on the offensive side too. I think that bringing in Ben Powers and Mike McGlinchey, that's how you add physicality to an offense because both those guys can just throw defenders to the side and open massive running lanes. And oh, people always forget about that part. Like It's like, oh, how have the Chargers not been able to, to win more with Justin Herbert? Well, they gave up six yards per carry last year mm-hmm. when other teams were running the ball. Oof. They couldn't run the ball themselves. Like it's football. You got to be able to do those things. I think for the Broncos, they'll have, I, I love that defense, but also having that running game on offense should really open things up. Especially what we've seen in training camp where the, the uh, pass protection has struggled a bit. I mm-hmm. think Sean's seeing that and saying, okay, I thought I was going to run a lot before training camp now i know i'm going to run the ball a lot now especially with the way samaj p ryan's looking he's looking really good i think he's leaned out a little bit he was listed at 240 with the Bengals last year yeah i remember playing against him he was big oh yeah and and i just the way i thought about it this the entire offseason was unless you're derrick henry Uh you're literally six three and a half built like no other player in the nfl you can't be an every down running back at 240 pounds that that just has to be too hard on your body am i off on that no i think you're right um there's a saying in the league you know the lighter you stay the longer you play Mm. um so i think you're right i don't think you can be at every down back at 240 it's too much wear and tear you're carrying too much weight you're too heavy um you're not as agile as you would be at maybe 225 or Mm -hmm. 230 i think that uh 240 is a little bit too big and i think i can speak to that because my first two years in in the league i feel like i was too big i think i reported to Saints training camp, man, maybe like 250. Wow. And I, you know, I played at 250 for like the training camp and then started losing weight. But 
every year after that, I was like between 229 and 236. Wow, like, that's huh. significant. So it was significant, but I think it, it helped me a lot because you, when you're too big, you actually do more damage to yourself right. than you think. Like, yeah, you're nice in the run game, but, you know, 10 plays into a drive, now you're tired or, you know, now you need to be in there on third down. You know, maybe we'll get another guy in there for his speed and agility because right. he's a little bit smaller, so... You know, the louder you stay, the longer you play. I think it's real. Yeah, and I think I think that's probably where Samaje's down to. Probably 225, 230 right now, which is certainly more doable. But he doesn't have to be an every-down guy. That mm-hmm. was more of a conversation we were having when we didn't know about Javante. Yeah. Um, but certainly, I think they're going to rely on him more than he's ever been relied on in his career. Because last year, I think he had two games where he had more than 10, 10 touches, which I think he's going to have more of that this year. Really quick, did you ever do the uh, vegetarian or vegan diet when you played? Yeah, I did. The I vegan? Did. Yeah, I did. I thought so. I tried it. Um, uh, for two years and um, I felt like it worked I felt like I had a lot of energy uh, my coach did tell me I'm looking light and like <laughs> yeah. I need to get my power back um, but I think it worked for me I wouldn't do it anymore yeah. I think I had enough of it but, what, yeah. were you eating just mass amounts of food in order to stay big enough you know it's, it's weird because there's a lot of protein in salads you know mm-hmm. all of the everything we eat you know gets us protein I sound like I'm promoting being a vegetarian now which i totally am not uh but there's a lot of protein in salads and quinoa and different things to where i didn't have to eat a lot i would eat eat a lot of like mushrooms and sweet potatoes and things that had protein in them Uh, but i don't think i was eating any more than i normally do oh fascinating fascinating because i think dt did that as well yeah i think i probably got it from dt he was talking to me one time about how good he felt and you know being b marshall looking at each other like (laughs) i want to feel that good so uh, i think that's i think that's actually why we tried it yeah yeah yeah. and i mean that's definitely a way to go from 250 to to 229 probably (laughs) for sure all right i think we got one or two more questions first one cut or next one coming in from Samuel Abisu, who's rounding us out, says, hey, guys, haven't commented in a while because I went through a big change in my life. I moved my family from Mexico to the South Florida area. I wanted Denver, but the wife hates the cold as much as I tried to explain to her it's not that, that cold. in Denver, the cold isn't that bad. She uh-huh. wasn't buying it. He says, first off, congratulations to Zach on his wedding. I hope you and your wife had a mm-hmm. blessed time and congratulations. Thank you so much. And next, congratulations to DNVR, Todd Davis, James Palmer, and Alexis Perry. Wow, you guys have come a long way from the days of BSN and the Broom Closet podcast. I'm proud to have been a listener since those days and a member since the first day you had a membership. You guys have built a community like no other, and all this with the Broncos having the worst stretch in their history. I hope the curse ends this season. To everyone watching or listening that isn't a member, I highly recommend you become a diehard. I promise you it's well worth it. I lost last year's bet to Ryan on the team's non-quarterback reaching 2,000 rushing yards. Any of you want to take the bet this year? The bet was for five annual diehard memberships to people who can't afford them. So who is in? So it's a not teams with non a non quarterback reaching two thousand rushing yards. Reaching two thousand. That why would it be non quarter? I feel like I'm not understanding. Yeah. So Sam, Samuel, <laughs> why don't you comment again exactly what the bet is since Ryan's not here to remind us? Um, you think there's gonna be a two thousand yard rusher in the NFL this year? Uh, I don't think so. Who would you? Who would it be? Derrick Henry, a guy that's done it before, but he's getting older. Yeah. Um, Nick Chubb with no Kareem Hunt. Potentially, yeah. Potentially, yeah. He oh, might be the front 
front runner. Josh, Josh Jacobs, yeah. although he's not there. He's not even gonna um, be. He's Jonathan gonna be Taylor, uh-huh. not even there. Yeah. Um, Christian McCaffrey's a guy that you think Catches of, but too like, but he's, too ver- he's versatile. Yeah. I don't think he'll give him all the touches. And also, I just still don't count on his health. Uh-huh. Uh, he was huh. able to stay healthy last year, but he hasn't for like Saquon. Saquon's yep, a good one on a one-year deal, yeah. So I like Saquon or, or Chubb. Uh, I go Nick Chubb. Or Nick Chubb, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, how how close is Chubb? Cream Hunt? You think? Oh, Dalvin Cook. No, no, I don't, I don't think know. so. No, because <sighs> Dal- yeah, I don't think so. I think he had a really good time when he was a premier back there, but I think wherever he goes now, he won't get the touches that yep. he needs yep. to even get close. I agree, especially if he's with the Jets. Brees Hall, mm-hmm. people were saying he's like the next Alvin Kamara, mm. and so that's just kind of crazy that you'd want to add Dalvin Cook with him and almost <laughs> take away touches from him, but. I mean, you saw it with Sean Payton. He's really good with having two good backs. Javante Williams, though, over or under uh, 1,200 rushing yards? Under Under. right now. Just maybe next year we can be having that conversation. But one of the things that we need to remember, he's coming off a major, major injury. Uh What he's doing right now, just being out here, is so impressive. If he comes out and struggles this year, it's not the end of Javante Williams. It's just him coming back from a really, really bad injury. Whereas next year, I think he's going to be 100% healthy. Yeah, yeah I, think that's, I think that's accurate. And I think, yeah, asking him to have or even carry for 1,200 yards would be asking him to do a lot. Yeah. I think you give him a lot of touches, but you also kind of gauge his ability to really make people miss. And, you know, his biggest thing was yards at the contact. We have to see yeah. if he still yeah. has that ability because – um, you know, a lot of times he turned negative plays into positive plays. And when you're coming back from injury, I think that's one of the hardest things to do is get back to where you can really hold somebody's weight on you as well as get out of that tackle and make extra yards. You mentioned that you had a calf injury. Did mm-hmm. you ever have any other serious lower leg injuries? Uh, no, I just tore both of my calves. Oh my so I was super lucky like that. Um, wow. That's no. crazy. That's super lucky. <laughs> <laughs> it was so weird. It was just, you know, two random plays in practice. One was the very last play of practice in training camp, and another mm-hmm. one um, was maybe like the third day in training camp. Um, I felt like somebody kicked me in my calf, but sure enough, I tore it. Ugh. And wow. yeah, just lucky. Did you, when you came back from that, was one leg, like signi- the injured leg, significantly smaller than the other one because yeah. you just haven't been able to work it out? Yeah, the calf was. They, I could do different things like to strengthen my quad or maybe okay. my hamstring, but my right calf when I came back was significantly smaller. I'm like one of those bodybuilders who skips leg days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it took me a minute to kind of build that back up. Yeah, yeah. That's the only thing I'm concerned with Javante is just he's been grinding so hard. Uh-huh. And I think you can see it. When you look at his legs up close, the non-injured one is ripped. It's massive. The uh-huh. injured one is a lot smaller. And I just wonder if that's going to affect, one, his power, and two, just how long he's able to stay on the field. So I think mm-hmm. we're going to see a big Pretty much a 50-50 split mm-hmm. from Javante and Samaje, at least at the start of this season. All, I think so, too. All I'm saying is the last player to have this injury almost broke the Russian record in AP. It's true. That's it's AP. So, yeah. <laughs> we have the next AP. It's Will. All I'm saying is that uh, no. it's not impossible, but it's also AP. No, you're right. Javante's a hell of a player. Yeah. I think that's, it's just tough to come back from. But if anybody can do it, I say why not, right? Yeah. Yep. I, I love it. And last thing before we get out of here, Zachary uh, Haven gives us a super chat and says, Bijan Robinson for 2K. Mm. Maybe. Now, the only thing with him is they just have, like, so many talented guys yeah. in their yeah. backfield. But they're just giving it to everybody behind the line of scrimmage. Like, they're going to be running a lot. 
Like, they'll probably throw some short passes, but they'll probably run the ball more than any other team in the league this year. So even if there's other mouths to feed, it might be enough. Who knows? Also, I have one more thing. Ben DiNucci's making this team. Did yeah. you catch a few days ago, Sean Payton said that you only get to carry 47 players on your active game day roster? Mm-hmm. It's 46 unless you keep three quarterbacks. Then it's 47. Yep. Ben DiNucci's making the team, and which is interesting. Sean really likes Ben DiNucci. Ever since he almost uh, shipped him off to Walmart to be a store greeter, mm-hmm. he's only said good things about Ben. Yeah, it's true. Yep, yep. So that'll do it. Keep your eyes on Ben DiNucci tomorrow. But we're mm-hmm. going to be with you before the game tomorrow, right around 7. Tune into YouTube where we're going to be doing our pregame show. That's only going to be on YouTube. So if you're listening to the podcast side, make sure to subscribe to DNVR Sports on YouTube where we'll be giving you a pregame show. And then, of course, we'll be doing the postgame show on YouTube right after the game. And then that'll be in podcast form as well. So we'll see you tomorrow for the Denver Broncos. First preseason game in the Sean Payton era. Thanks for rolling with us. I'll take